generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Somebody give him a shot! Yeah. Shot at the door! Yeah. It's a new month. This month you see the ability of God. You see the capacity of God. You see the greatness of God. You see the glory of God. Amen. You see the power of God like never before. You're going to look for one neighbor and you're just going to pray, Lord, unleash your ability. Amaze her. Amaze him. Unleash your ability. Pray for one neighbor. Keep playing those chords. Nothing to hide. Nothing to. Nothing to. Nothing to. They may have said it's impossible, but God arrived. Stephen said, Behold, I saw Jesus standing up, standing up now, 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 now. Stephen said, I see the Son of God, even though he's seated priesthood. Seated priesthood. But when Stephen was being stoned, he stood up. Lord, we need your rising in this place. Lord, stir up, stir up, stir up. Rebuke devils and demons of delay and discouragement and distraction. Rebuke demons that bring about confusion, that bring about frustration. Because when God is involved, nothing to hide. Nothing to No chain to No get to No door to December you will end the year with a loud shout of Testimonies and victory. Somebody keep on, keep on praying, praying. Gado goes, Baladoya Nekeleazo, Vazuzazia Kato, Labiekato Roboko, Zadubo Zelia Kamayo. Don't get tired. We still have about 90 seconds to pray through.
my brother amaze my sister whatever it is they're going through let them experience your power not only unto salvation of their spirits the redemption of their lives but also the perfection of every area when we call our you answer answer all our prayers casting all our cares away
that every situation that is not compatible with your promises is reversed in the name of Jesus. Everywhere there is a disconnect between our earthly realities and our divine revelation. We command an alignment in the name of Jesus. This new month of December we decree that we are free from sickness. No disease will rest upon us. We rebuke the power of infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Every form of weakness of the bone, weakness of the mind, weakness of the body, weakness in our hearts. We proclaim you are replaced with the strength of God. We are strengthened with might in the inner man. In the name of Jesus. Wherever you have been tired, receive a new lease of life. Wherever you have felt overwhelmed, receive grace. Multiplied grace. Multiplied grace. Exceeding grace. More than enough grace. This month of December, you will receive pleasant surprises. Good news finds you attractive. Men and women appointed to your destiny, they locate you. The opportunities God has prepared for you, they come your way. Your steps are ordered. You walk into the right place at the right time with the right intention. You meet the right people in the name of Jesus. You will not be broken. You are built up. You are edified. You are fortified. You are vindicated. You are exonerated. You are exalted. Somebody shout, yeah, 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 yes. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Right, so we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 40 and we're going to take it from 10 to 23. It's quite a long read, but if you don't read the word, what should you read? I'm trusting the Lord that he will reveal his ability to us in greater dimension. Because what happens to humans, and uh, it's supposed to be a helpful thing, but it turns out many times to become... Uh, a disadvantage what happens to us is all of us have the tendency of becoming familiar true or true so we become familiar with places why did God give us the mechanism for familiarity so that you will save time so if you drive often enough you become familiar with driving and so what happens be able to drive without overthinking right learn the keyboard you become familiar imagine if uh, you know, uh, Cooper or Jerry or Femi, what's the name, sir? Femi, yes. And all those amazing guys, every time they come to the keyboard, they have to start going through tonic sulfur again. All, imagine that, like every time. If they had to, like go through the basics, or every time you had to brush your mouth, you had to learn how to hold the toothbrush again. How slow would the world be? Like you still would be learning ABCD, right? So God gave us the mechanism for familiarity for our growth and acceleration. However, whatever God has given you that you don't know how to manage appropriately will become a disadvantage. And so the mechanism of familiarity also is transferred to marriages. Husbands become familiar with their wives. Oh, come on, somebody. Sometimes. 
right? Um, wives become familiar with their husbands. Children become familiar with their parents. Parents become familiar. And guess what happens? Believers become familiar with God. So in your mind, you already know what God can do. I know how God works. You know, this, who knows what I'm talking about? This, this is what God can, this is how far it can go. And when it comes to God's ability, some of us have stopped seeing the active ministration of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we've become familiar with the processes of God. In other words, you become so familiar that you've even vetted prayer points because in your mind, God will not answer this one. So don't let, him, don't let me bother him with this one. Who knows what I'm talking about? Let me manage God's reputation for him so he won't disgrace himself. But this morning, this morning, you are going to experience something supernatural. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So, can we read from Isaiah 40? 10 to 23. I may drop out from reading at some point, but please continue. Let's read with intentionality. Let's go. Behold, the Lord your God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and all his work before him. Continue. Read that with precision. What did he do? And calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance, who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him. With whom did he take counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way understanding? Continue, please. Behold, the nations as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the eyes as a very little thing and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor its beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, are they accounted by him less than nothing and whatness. To whom will liken God, or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman, goldsmith overspreads it with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. Wherever is too impoverished, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. <laughs> who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. 
He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges. How do you just feel like some goosebumps already? Sometimes the reason we don't have conviction in our place of prayer is that we've forgotten who we're talking to. And so our requests are unsteady, our disposition is unsure, our mannerisms are fidgety because we've forgotten the greatness of the God we're talking to. Let me start from the latter part of it. He says, have you not heard? Have you not known? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth that this God sits upon the circle of the earth? Can I just announce somebody? People should have known, the scientists should have known that the earth was not flat. How many know for the longest time they thought the earth was flat? They were sailing. They were trying to sail to the edge of the earth because they felt they were going to fall, right? Off the edge of the earth. So they wanted to discover the edge of the earth because they thought the earth was flat. But if you read your Bible, you will be more intelligent than science. Because the Bible says it sits where? On the circle of the earth. So before scientific exploration, there was divine revelation. It says, have you not heard that God sits on the circles of the earth? In other words, God does not need to change location to see what's happening in Australia. He does not need to move. You see, some of you are sitting right now, if I was to demonstrate like this, you'd have to move this way to see what I'm doing. But God does not need to change location to see better. Yes, to see clearer. Yes, to see further. Yes, to know more. He does not need to take any course of study to become more intelligent. So have you not heard? He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. And before that he said... What likeness will you compare to him? The workman he molds an image, the goldsmith overspreads with gold. He's saying that people go into idolatry because they forget the greatness of God. Whenever you find idolatry in your life, whenever you find yourself trying to make a plan B, God, in case it does not work out, I will do this. God, in case you don't come through for me, I will go with this option. Whenever you find yourself doing that, it is because you've forgotten how great your God is. It says they begin to cut trees, and then they overlay it with gold, then they mold this. In other words, they go into mechanisms or into schemes trying to replace God or create something that is like him but is not him because God cannot be created and it cannot be modified and it cannot be molded and it cannot be calculated and it cannot be sculptured and it cannot be held in a form and it cannot be held in a breeze and it cannot be cornered and it cannot be harassed and it cannot be arrested and it cannot be threatened and it cannot be pushed aside that's why he is God God is not weaned even though he moves like wind he's not water even though he moves like water he's not a mountain even though he's a rock there is nothing you can use to define or refine him you can define him in words 
because before words he was so how can words that came after he was be, be sufficient to describe him is somebody get on this and you cannot refine him because he cannot get better he's at the zenith the peak the height of his beauty and his excellence there is nothing you can add to God to decorate him to make him shine brighter there is no pomade no oil no body cream no sheer butter come on somebody no anointing oil that can make him better he is God he has no 2.0 he has no new edition he has no revised edition God will not get better and there is nothing you can use to define him can I just encourage somebody this morning that there is no way for you to run to apart from God because after God is God and after God is still God so when those options are presenting themselves you tell them suicide you're not an option depression you're not an option backsliding you are not an option because when you slide you'll fall into God again come on somebody many are the afflictions of the righteous man but the Lord delivers him from them all high five somebody till their palms begin to blister up and tell them God is God What are people looking for in the world? Wealth, fame, fortune, riches. What are they looking for? Pleasure. Pleasure. Like sex, alcohol, drugs, pleasure. That high. But can you be higher than the most high? In the presence of God, there is fullness of And at his right hand, there are forevermore. Now, here's the deal. If there's fullness of joy, so why are, are we sad sometimes? Yeah? Why are we sad sometimes? Are, are you not sad sometimes? Yes. Is God not with you? Because the presence of excess food does not guarantee that everybody will be satisfied. It guarantees that everybody can be. But it doesn't guarantee that everybody will be. Oh my goodness. Are you here somebody? Because it says the pleasures at his right hand, they are pleasures forevermore. Let me show you something that is not in my teaching, but because I've come, come here, let me show you. Psalm chapter 37. Zobad Salamangush Prokatasis. Zobadaka Selemondus. Lord, help me. I hope I find it. I believe that this is going to answer, sorry, Psalm 36 is going to answer somebody's question. If there are pleasures forevermore, why does it seem as, as though I'm sad? Verse 7, here's what it says. Psalm 36 verse 7. How precious is your love and kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Verse 8. Are you helping me with that? Psalm 36. Verse 7 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men, what do they put? They put their trust under. Oh my goodness. Now, when you're hearing things like shadow of the wings, it's not just talking about God being like a bird or like an eagle, which God uses metaphorically to describe his ritual with the children of Israel when it says, I carried you like an eagle and all of that. But uh, studies show that 
this is indicative of, you know, how the cherubim, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Covenant, there were two cherubim to the sides of the covenant, and then they had wings that came over the Ark this way. So the wings touched on the, other, the wings of the other angel. Now, the shadow of the wings is talking about there is the shadow of the angelic covering, right? What was David speaking about? It was saying that they put their trust in the deepest revelation that they have of you. And sometimes for the Old Testament mind, that revelation was a shadow. <laughs> it was not clear. But the New Testament says to us, with God, there is no variableness. Neither is there any shadow of turning so if the new testament mind knew that i could still put my trust even though all i see is shadows where should you put your trust when you know right now that there are no shadows and that's not the only thing it says verse 8 can you give me verse 8 they shall be they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the so what's the prerequisite for being abundantly satisfied putting my trust so the pleasure is there but how do I drink of the river of God's pleasure I must trust him I can't see how it's going to be solved, but I trust you, God. This year is about to end. I didn't know that I thought it was going to be different, but I trust you, God. Things are happening that I don't quite understand, but I still trust you, God. Oh, everybody's acting weird around me, but I still trust you, God. Trust means that I have deep faith. I'm relying on you. I don't know how to figure it out, but I put my trust in you. Because if I put my trust in you, I put my trust under the shadow of your wings or under the light of your wings, I will be abundantly satisfied. It's not a supply issue. It's a trust issue. It's not whether it's available. It's a trust issue. It's not whether God can do it. It's whether I know that he can do it. Whether I believe that he can do it. Whether I'm insisting that I trust God that he's able to do exceeding abundantly far above all I could ever ask or imagine. Some of you are not sure that God can do it but I pray in the service right now that the spirit of revelation is poured forth upon you that you begin to see the glory the mercy the power the ability of God like never before that the hindrances that have dominated your view of God the things that have stood in your way are removed and you can see clearly in the name of Jesus the things that have stood in your way we topple over we uproot we take out every kind of spiritual cataract every kind of spiritual uh, deformity every kind of impaired impairment in your mind will remove in the name of Jesus Isaiah 40 says they begin to make idols because they forget how great God is that there is nothing you're looking for that God cannot give you in fact let me put it this way the greatest thing anybody could ever receive is the fullness of God <laughs> and it says that you may know what is the law of or rather, what is the depth, the height, the length, and the breadth of the love of God, 
which passes knowledge. In other words, sometimes you don't even have the knowledge of it, but if you can rest in God's love, that is superior to being able to explain it. And so trust is not an ability to grasp the details of God's knowledge. It is the ability to rest in the strength of his love. That's what trust is. Isaac demonstrated that. We'll read that. Not, not your Isaac. Your namesake in the Bible. Demonstrated that. How do I know trust? See, <laughs> trust means I don't know what you're doing. But I know that your intentions are right. Did I just help somebody? Trust means I can't count. Look, look at Abraham takes Isaac. Isaac, please follow me. Possibly, who knows? Isaac is possibly taller, bigger than Abraham now. Because when people become teenagers, they become taller and bigger than their parents. Right? Generally. Following, Abraham told Isaac, we're going to sacrifice to the Lord. Now, Isaac has seen so many sacrifices and he knows that when you're going to sacrifice, there has to be what? A ram. Is somebody following this now? A ram. So he says, Father, I see the wood and I see the fire. Where is the ram? When you have unanswered questions, do you know what Abram said? Abram said the Lord will provide, right? That's trust as well. And Isaac had trust because Abraham had trust. Now, whenever you're asking God questions and it's not giving you one plus one, two plus two, you're asking God, where's the sacrifice? Do you know what he wants you to do? He wants you to become the sacrifice. In other words, sacrifice your quest to always control everything. Sacrifice. Sacrifice your quest to always control everything. Sacrifice that. Now, do you know what happened eventually? Does, does Isaac die? Does Isaac die? No. But was he willing to die? Trust means I'm willing to die for God. But many times, this is what Jesus said. He that loves his life, he's going to lose it. But the person that acknowledges himself as dead will live forever. So Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it's no longer I who is living. In other words, I have laid down my life. And can I just encourage somebody, if you will lay down yourself, your preferences, your life, your insistence, your timelines, and your deadlines. You know how you tell God, God, if I don't get married in 2019, deuces. At least I need to be in a relationship. I'm out of here. Can you just lay your timelines and deadlines down? Because the God of eternity has gotten your time in his hands. And so God is showing us a seed. Look at someone say, just trust him. Just trust him. Some of you didn't tell anybody because you need to tell yourselves. Say, just trust him. Just trust God. Trust God. So God is telling us a CV. Isaiah the prophet is writing by divine inspiration. And he's talking about the greatness of God. The capacity of God. 
one of the things he said he said who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand who has measured he didn't just say who has collected or gathered that's one thing to gather means to have the ability to contain it but to measure is the ability to calibrate it in other words god knows how many liters of water you have in the niger river right now oh come on somebody this is not some kind of metaphoric thing this is literal who has measured the waters in his hands Oh, you ought to reverence the person who knows exactly how many drops of water you have in River Niger, in River Benue, in Zambezi, in the River Nile. You ought to be in awe. You ought to say, you amaze me. You amaze me in awe of the one who knows the weight of every mountain. In other words, God knows the weight of Mount Kilimanjaro. If God is that intentional about natural things, can you imagine how intentional he is? about you mountains have no souls rivers have no eternal destiny but you have a soul you have feelings you have emotions you have cravings and longings and if it takes care of mountains to that degree i can assure you that has locked down your future he's calculated your destiny he knows all there is about you he loves you he cares for you deeply and you ought never to be afraid that you will fail if he's got you in the hole of his hands all things will still work together for your good high five somebody and say God is amazing is amazing he said he has weighed the mountains he's weighed the mountains oh my god he has weighed the mountains in other words, God knows what should be where. When you buy something, you don't just put that thing everywhere. You don't put everything everywhere when you buy something. So now we're, we're talking with people who are going to help us renovate our new space and all of that. And I was asking, oh, you know what, can we, can we put some gallery here? Can we put this there? And they say, you know what, we've, we've got to measure some things and design some things and see whether it can bear it, whether the wall can bear it. When the Bible says it will never give you a load that is too heavy for you to bear. In other words, even your trials are weighed by God. I got to tell you that. In civil engineering, those of you studying engineering, I think in year two, we did general engineering, right? And so you did trusses and beams. You know, trusses and beams. And there's something called the load-bearing factor, right? The load-bearing factor speaks about what is the capacity of either the concrete or the cement or the material and, and they multiply that by a certain number of units in other words if it's going to break down based on 50 kilogram they reinforce that to to be able to carry about 200 kilograms or more depending on the height of the building in other words your wiring to endure the trial is many times greater than the trial yes. well, some of y'all didn't get that when you feel you're breaking down god says you are just breaking through What's breaking down is the old you. What's breaking down is who you used to be. What's breaking down is your prayer life. Because that last prayer regime will not suffice in the new season. That's why it looks like it's not working. Because it's not going to work in the future. So God's got to break down everything you're familiar with. He's got to distort you. <laughs> Come on somebody. He's got to shut that off. That's why even in the new covenant. Do you know what the Bible still says? It says, put off the old man. Yes. 
You're a new creature, but it says put off the old man in the new covenant. Why? Because God will break you down and then build you up, break you down and build you up, break you down and build you up, break you down and build you up. So you used to pray 30 minutes before and after that you'll get the testimony. Now you've been praying for 30 minutes for three weeks and nothing is happening. God is saying you've moved beyond 30 minutes of prayer for yourself. After 30 minutes of prayer for yourself, intercede for somebody else for another 30 minutes. And when you stop being self-centered and selfish and seeing through only yourself, I will begin to release things in your direction that will change your mind and make you realize that it's not all about you somebody put your hand on your head and say I understand it if it's this intentional about inanimate things can you imagine how intentional he is about you three things in the service there are seven things I'll teach the four in the second service three things remain in four about what God is able to do number one God is able to save to the uttermost. Hebrews 7, 23 to 25. Hebrews 7, 23 to 25. You guys have the scriptures, so put it up, please. He is able to save to the uttermost. <laughs> That's to the extreme. That's to the edge. To the point where most people will not go. He's able to save. Look at someone to say able God. Hebrews 7.23. Look at what it says. Also there were many priests. Because they were presented by death from continuing. What does that mean? The Old Testament. God's redemptive plan was unveiled right from the Garden of Eden. Remember that? They were exposed and then he covered them. And he sent them out of the garden. And eventually we begin to see the ordinance of or sacrifices, burnt offerings, which were a shadow and a type of what God was really doing. And here it's saying that when God ordained or instituted the priesthood, those people couldn't continue. So they had to be priest one. Aaron, please come and stand. You're Isaac today, you're also Aaron. Aaron. Now because of death, Aaron couldn't continue. Right? So you'd have Nadab and Abihu and all the children have another priest in front. Have another priest in front. Josh have another priest. He's saying that even though these guys themselves were purged, in other words, they were not purged actually, their sins were covered, they were atoned. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 30, blesses the man whose sin is covered. That's what David said because in the Old Testament, the sin was not removed. The sin was, oh come on somebody. The sin was not removed, the sin was, which one is better, covering or removing? That's why when John sees Jesus, it does not say, Behold the Lamb of God who covers the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who? How many of you have had an oil stain on your white shirt before going for an interview or a party? And then you got a jacket and you covered it. Nobody knew, but you knew. So covering does not necessarily remove guilt consciousness. Are you getting this? So Jesus is the cover of sins. Jesus takes it away. David said, he caught a glimpse of Revelation, as far as the east is from the west, so has it taken our transmission away from us. Now, how far is the east from the west? Infinite. In other words, the distance between you and your old nature, your sin is infinite. You will never meet again. 
So this guy would come, he would wash himself, perform rites and all of that, rituals of service, and then it would represent the people, but he couldn't carry it on. Are you getting this? So what happened was, hand over another priest, follow the pattern. Hand over another priest, follow the pattern, follow the pattern. But the Bible says concerning Jesus that his priesthood is not the priesthood of Aaron. His priesthood is the priesthood of Melchizedek. And Hebrew says that he had no beginning of life. And he had no end of life. In other words, if he had no beginning of life and he had no end of life, his priesthood is not tenural. His priesthood has no regime. That means Jesus will never get to the point where he said, I'm tired of standing in the gap for you. Oh, some of y'all didn't get that. Some of y'all didn't get that. When, when you call humans, when you call your friend, please, can you borrow me 5K to send the first time? Borrow me 15K, send the third time. But the fourth time, they're already tired of you. Are you aware of that? But the Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain grace and find, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is saying that as eternal as the priesthood of Jesus is, because it says, because he, he continues some of y'all didn't get that how does he continue oh you're not hearing what I'm saying right now so you lost your temper on Thursday but you didn't lose your salvation you lost your conviction two days ago but Jesus forever stands in the gap there have been times people have circulated all kinds of things and maybe you were driving on third mainland bridge and the bridge was bobbing and bouncing and people were like oh you know what they have to reinforce the bridge well Jesus is the bridge between you and your heavenly father and that bridge never collapses that bridge never bounces that bridge needs no reinforcement he is the reinforcement come on he is self-perpetuating he is eternal he's enduring he's unending he's swiftness and boundless and he said he forever lives please excuse us he says therefore he is also shout it he's also he is also which one is easier to save your body or your spirit your body is easier which one is more difficult your spirit so God saved your spirit first to assure you that there is nothing else that you need salvation in that I've not got that I've not able to, I'm not able to do he said he is able to save if he saved you on the cross he will save you from every struggle you're going through he will save you from every cycle you found yourself in he will save you from every deformity every breakdown every limitation he says if God did not hold back his son from us how will he not also freely give us all things in other words the son is not the only thing God wants to give you he said beloved we are persuaded of better things concerning you even things that accompany salvation God gave you the greatest gift of salvation first so you can know that healing is free so you can know that deliverance is your bread so you can know you can walk in boldness somebody shot his able five somebody until their faces light up and tell them he's able to save he's able to save he's able to save and then it says it's not just able to save give me the scripture he's able to save to the uttermost my priest come again let's assume that this is sin this is iniquity look in that direction turn away look in that direction that's iniquity go all the way back go all 
all the way back. Go all the way back. You stand there. You stand there. Space yourselves out. Sit yourselves, yourselves out. Let's say that's the vilest offender. That guy, he's a criminal. That guy, criminals look at him and say, boss. That guy, fornicators look at him and say, show me your ways. Teach me how to do it. I want to communicate funnily. That guy, he, he does all kinds of stuff. He, he does sumo. He does buy. He does try. Don't ask me what tries. He does quartet. He does, oh yeah. He is just nasty. He is full of iniquity. Sin. He's drinking. A Job says man drinks iniquity like water. He is there. He's broken down. This other guy is not, is not you know, he doesn't carry that out but he's dealing with lust in his mind he's dealing with shame and guilt and happiness and, and porn and addictions and all of that in his mind this guy he doesn't do all of that stuff he's just sort of like proud he's talkative don't tell him your secret is gonna be on Twitter don't tell him your secret is gonna post about on Instagram don't tell him your secret he's going to in fact by the time you're typing your name in Google they will complete the query for you because he's loud mouthy he's, he's foul he respects nobody he peddles gossip in the name of intercessory prayer that's his problem but this guy he looks like a good guy he looks like mm, he's fine nothing, nothing really wrong with him well the bible says if you're looking at him uh, from the outside looking at them from the outside in your judgment this guy is okay he's not that sinful he's okay but the bible says oh no Men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The God standard of righteousness is not progressive. If you are not standing with God, you are not righteous. If you are not standing with God, you are not there. God's standard is not good, better, best. It's good. So if you are not good, you are not like God. And if you are not like God, you are not good. Are you getting this now? When men want to do intervention, rehabilitation, they will go for this guy and, and clean him up on the outside. It's called behavior your modification well Jesus says I don't just save the good guys he says he's able to save to the I will go for the worst of the lots I will go for the deepest sinner I will go for the ridiculous murderer I will go for the apostle Paul and I will bring him from his depravity and his murderous journey and I will save him so that you can know that if he got saved he can save me too if I clean him up he can clean me up because the power of the detergent is seen in how dirty the clothes he cleans is if the detergent only cleanses a little stain is not that powerful but if the stain has become like the fabric and if the stain has become one and the detergent cleanses it then you know that this is powerful well the blood of Jesus is deeper than any detergent it cleans better than clean oh yeah but it cleans more than almost and it makes you an armor alone so you ought to get what I just said the power of God is clean he puts it out he does not cover it he purges he purges he purges he purges so you can come boldly when God looks at you he looks at you through Jesus he is able to save to the uttermost run to find people and tell them he's able I feel a pretty
what you're going through right now. He's Oh yes, can he save? Yes he can. Can he forgive? Yes he can. Can he make a way? Yes he can. Can he wash clean? Yes he can. Can he raise up? Yes he can. Can he turn around? Yes he can. Can he hold up? Yes he can. I watch God, but yes he can. I smoke weed, but yes he can. I kill somebody, but yes he can. Somebody shot yes. This is what the devil doesn't want you to know. He wants you to walk around broken, walk around battered. But the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes, I say I'm free. I say I'm whole. I say I'm redeemed. I say I'm an overcomer. Somebody give the Lord a loud praise. The first person that was guaranteed salvation was the thief on the cross. He said tonight, you don't need to write spiritual PGD for us to do conversion course from morality to righteousness. Good to see you, man. He said tonight you will be with me where? Because if any man be in Christ, the logbook of his past sins are torn. And not only of his past sins, of his future sins. How do I know that? Because you were not born when Jesus was killed on the cross. That means if you can believe him now to say my sins are forgiven. That means even your future sins are not held against you. Because you were not born. Were you born? Because it's eternity, rather it's priesthood. redeemed I've not been to the camp redemption camp in a long time but I live in the redemption camp I'm in Mount Zion Zion is redemption camp my name is amongst the numbered oh you don't hear what I'm saying my name is written in the Lamb's book of life not only is he able to seek to the uttermost why does it guarantee that so that when you come before your father to ask for things you don't use your own memory of your sin to block your request you disqualify yourself and say you know God don't worry don't worry I'm fine if only why, why is Paul saying watch this why is Paul saying that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened who's it speaking to believers or unbelievers it says that you may know what is what What is what? 
the hope the hope of his calling a believer who consistently looks at Jesus cannot be hopeless hopelessness and despair are functions of distraction says the first thing is so that you can see the hope. So when it called into salvation, salvation is not the end of the story. Because if you are still hoping for something, that means there is more to see. So the second thing is able to raise up. Somebody say raise up. Raise up. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. Hebrews 11, my God. Somebody's going to be blessed by this one. Who's blessed already? Only three people. Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested. Oh my God. Can I just propose to some people here that some of the things that you're going through are not demonic. They are very divine. Whenever you find yourself having a lot of questions on your heart is often because God is testing you. Because tests force you to confront questions. Oh my God. There's no test without a quiz or a question or a query. You know what I'm talking about? You start asking questions about that relationship. About whether you should stay in Nigeria or not. About whether God called you or not. It's not necessarily the devil. <laughs> so by faith, when he was tested, how can you test me with sacrificing my son? Many times you don't feel a test based on your action. You feel a test based on your disposition. Because Abraham never kills Isaac, but he had sacrificed him in his heart. And God said, you passed the test. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. How do I know he passed the test? He had offered him. See, your offering is not when the money drops inside the basket. It's when you have let go of it. That's the offering. The offering is when it's left your heart. I'm using money because many of us can identify. So obedience is not, God says, oh, you know, so into that ministry or that pastor's life or that man. Or, the obedience is not when the money actually gets there. It's the moment you have genuinely released it from your heart. Because I've taken that offering. That's why it's a sweet smell and support to God. And he who had received the promises, somebody say, I've got some promises. I've got some promises. Offered up, I'll talk about that. Offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God, oh my God, concluding that God, was able to raise him up from the sick bed from what from which he also received him in a so the life of Abraham was a figure of salvation of crucifixion of resurrection the first person who heard the gospel was not in the New Testament as we call it. By the way, the New Testament is not a realm, rather, is not a time span. It's a realm of operation. Oh my God. 
The New Testament is not a time span. Because, you know, teachers say, the New Testament is after Jesus Christ was died, you know, died, buried, and resurrected. But the Bible says the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. That explains why Noah was operating in dimensions of the New Testament. How do I know? When everybody was perishing, the Bible says, and Noah found grace in the sight. Moses tasted the New Testament because the Bible says, no, Moses said, if I have found grace in your sight, then have mercy on me that I may find grace in my sight. John says of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. David was tasting the New Testament because priests, people who were not consecrated priests, well, be one dad, they're not born down well to go and eat the shoe bread and stay alive. But David already understood that the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I know, make your enemies your footstool. He was operating in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. The New Testament is not a time span. It's a realm of divine operation. So the first person who understood the theology of resurrection was Abraham because the Bible says he concluded, he surveyed it, he analyzed it. How many of you studied science when you take some tests, some experiments, some inferences, deductions and arrive at a conclusion. So Abraham went scientific because faith does not mean operating without logic. It means operating beyond logic because logic is inferior to spiritual revelation. My God. So he concluded that this boy, I will kill you but I will get a bigger testimony because Isaac, you will be known as the one that God raised up from the dead. Can I announce to somebody resurrection power is about to express itself deeper than ever before in your life resurrection power is about to pull you out resurrection power if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he shall quicken your mortal bodies I feel the power of God all over the atmosphere somebody shot is able he's able to raise he's able to raise he's able Look at somebody say, is able, is able. He said he concluded that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. The same way Jesus had offered up himself before they nailed him to the cross, Isaac offered up himself. This is a perfect picture of redemption. Perfect picture. Of redemption Abraham in some degree represented the father God Isaac to a large extent represented the obedient son Jesus Christ what was the promise that God had made to himself that the Gentile nations will be redeemed it says this is the mystery that was hidden from before the foundations that all the earth will be redeemed Abraham followed rather led Isaac Isaac followed Abraham he took steps in the pathway of Abraham similarly Jesus said I do not do anything of my own but that which I see the father do that 
I do. The Bible says that Abraham led Isaac to a mountain. Jesus was led up to a mountain. Oh my goodness. The Bible says that there was an altar laid in that place and there was wood. Jesus carried the cross which was his wood. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But in this case, the Bible says that Jesus offered up himself and the rules again. This word raise him up is the same word resurrect. 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 God is able to resurrect you and is able to resurrect everything that is connected to you. Number three, I'm going to close with this. Not only is he able to raise up, he is able to establish. I'm pulling this directly out of the word of God when it says God is able. It says God is able to say to the uttermost. God is able to raise from the dead. Number three, God is able to establish. <laughs> now to him, Romans 16 verse 25. Romans 16 verse 25. Now to him who is able, somebody say able to establish you according to my gospel in other words the degree of establishment you enjoy is connected to the quality of teaching and preaching you receive yeah to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the beginning of the world Establishment never happens without tapping into secrets. A business is never established without tapping into some business secrets, never. Because establishment by implication means that they are unseen things that keep the seen things attractive and productive. If you say somebody's established, you're saying that person has a solid invisible realm that makes their visible world compelling. So the fact that something has been founded does not mean it's established. It's time that tells us whether you were established or not. Yeah. You can be planted and not rooted. That's right. So you all didn't get that. Yeah. Otherwise, that's why I was speaking New Testament. It said that you may be rooted and grounded in love. He's able to establish. Maybe some of you are in that space in your life where you're like things are shaky and things are hazy and things are flurry and you're not sure and God is saying to you Romans 16 verse 25 he says now to him who is able to establish you to ground you to make you fixed solid you know when something is rooted when something is planted you can't hang too much on that thing right you can't hang too much on it but when it's rooted and it begins to branch out can you hang things on it can you climb on it? You know what Paul says? It says, I, I labor for the burden of the churches. In other words, because I'm rooted and grounded, I've grown. God can put things on me. Yeah, God can put things on me. God can put responsibilities on me. God can put life on me. God can put uh, trust on me. In the, New in the Old Testament, the priests would wear their garments. Now those garments are not just... Shimmy, shimmy. They were heavy garments because the effort had all the stones. <laughs> they had all the stones and they had all those things. And God wants certain fruits to come out of your life and some gifts to be made manifest. But you have to be what? Established. 
because if you have a beanstalk that has no stick and you put stuff on it good to see you pastor and you put stuff on it guess what happens it can totter it can move from side to side it can bob around but when you are established i feel that in the month of december there are people here that god wants to establish god wants to establish he said that we're no longer children tossed about with every wind of doctrine hey yeah God wants to establish you that your roots will be so deep, so deep, so deep, so deep. And some of you are like, God, I can't see anything. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm sending your roots into the water. Some of you say, I'm not growing. You are growing. You are growing inwards. You are taking roots downwards. Because the ones on the outside, the fruits on the outside, that's good. But the fruits can be plucked off and they grow again. But the roots can abide. You will not be shaky anymore. You will not be found wanting anymore. You are established according to the gospel of Christ. You are rooted in that place. You are rooted in the word of God. You are rooted in the life of God. You are rooted in the spirit of God. Can somebody open up their mouths and begin to engage the ability of God? He's able to save to the uttermost. He's able to raise up. And is able to establish. I have four more that I'm going to teach in the second service. Ah! Yes, 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 yes. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. on your ability focus on his ability don't focus on your own inability focus on his ability who are not saved he's able to save to the uttermost parents who are not saved he's able don't stop praying for their salvation some of you already stopped stop praying for your dad stop praying for your mom he drinks too much she lies too much keeps a boyfriend he's able he's able the one who has weighed the mountains he also says that he weighs the thoughts of men's hearts. Thank you, Lord. I've got to close. Father, we raise our hands to you. And we acknowledge your ability to save. Your ability to raise up. Same power which you wrought in Christ when you raised them up from the dead. 
your ability to establish thank you father we rely not on our ability or capacity we rely on your ability we rely on you O God we rely on you O God we open up the channels of our hearts and our minds and our thinking to meditate on these truths we absorb the juice of this revelation it penetrates every part of our beings of our core Lord I give you praise Father we adore your spirit of the Lord thank you Father I bless you Lord in Jesus name we pray somebody shout God is able Somebody shout, God is able. Hallelujah. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.